of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Kid. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Great. Matt Underwood, our guest right now. <laughs> Guardians TV voice joining us on the Kenny and JT show, Fraternity Brother. Uh, we love having him on. And, uh, Matt, very uh, interesting offseason so far for the Cleveland Guardians after an unbelievable season a year ago, coming out of nowhere, getting to the second round of the playoffs. And they've added pieces, parts that they needed, haven't they, this offseason with a big bat at first base and a veteran catcher. Yeah, I think the bat was the most glaring uh, need and in addition. Josh Bell, uh, you know, by all accounts, is just a, he's a tremendous person, right? So yep. uh, I think everybody's excited because he should fit perfectly into the culture and into the clubhouse that they've already created. Um, you know, he's married to a gal who I believe is from the Youngstown area, so he, he knows all about Ohio. Uh, he knows about this ball club. You know he's got to he's got a chance to provide instant offense. You know a couple of years ago he hit 37 home runs and had 37 doubles, and he hit 277. Uh, that was with Pittsburgh. But you know since then he's bounced around. He was uh, he was dealt to Washington, then to San Diego. You know last year was a down year, and he still hit 266 with 17 home runs. He's only 30 years old, so I think there's still a lot of upside there, um, and uh, hopefully he can provide just the the protection that Jose Ramirez needs in the middle of the lineup, because even last year, guys, remember he didn't get his first intentional walk until I want to say it was the end of May. And then he ended up uh, right near um, the big boy from, uh, the, from the Yankees who won the MVP uh, as the, uh, as the leader in intentional walks. So <clears throat> I think he'll, he'll fit perfectly into that, into that lineup. And then behind the plate, you know, they were looking for some offense, uh, Austin Hedges, uh, you know, did a terrific job, but just just could not give him any kind of offense. And so Mike Zanino has a chance to be a threat, you know, offensively behind the plate and defensively. You know, he was uh, in the past, I believe he was a Wilson Defensive Player of the Year back in 2018. Two years ago, he hit 33 home runs. So he, he's a short-term guy because they want Bo Naylor to grow into the position, but. He's not quite ready to just take over the reins. So they've got Mike Zanino. They've got Cam Gallagher, who's a very capable backup. And, you know, who knows? At some point this year we may see Bo Naylor. But I just think going into the year they're not ready to say, hey, kid, go ahead and be our everyday catcher. Matt, the one thing we heard last year and probably the year before that, Austin Hedges, well, he handles the staff really well. Do you imagine yeah. any problems with chemistry? You bring a new guy in that doesn't know these guys? Or is this a really good team player? No, I think uh, I, I think Zanino's the type of guy who will he'll jump right in. Uh, the catchers are they're a different animal. They mm. they understand, and I think Zanino fits that mold. Of their job first and foremost is the starting pitcher that day, and whatever guys come in out of the bullpen, and whatever they can give the team offensively is a bonus. So, I think Mike's going to come in and, and understanding that his first role is to learn every pitcher on that staff know what their strengths are, know what pitches they want to go to when they're behind in the count, what they want to go to when they want to put a hitter away. Um, 
you know, he'll he'll spend all of spring training getting to know uh, the pitching staff. And Tito and Carl Willis do a great job of making sure that, you know, whether it's in a bullpen session or in spring training games, he'll get a chance to handle every guy on that staff. And, and frankly, he'll, he'll catch guys or at least be able to watch guys who are maybe on the periphery, uh, guys who might come up during the season. And so he'll, he'll have a pretty good uh, feel by the time we start the year. Love having Guardians TV voice Matt Underwood on the Kenny and JT show with us talking Guardians. And all right, so the new guys, Josh Bell, uh, Mike Zanino, right? Uh, we know that Shane Bieber's the ace. We know that Jose Ramirez is the MVP candidate. We know that Classe uh, is one of the best closers, if not the best closer in the league. My question to JT was this, because he was talking about Stephen Kwan uh, and, and uh, you know, being one of the faces of the franchise. Matt, who are the guys that are for real, that we can believe in from what we saw last year. Is Quan for real? Is Rosario for real? And some of the other guys from what you saw doing all the games last year. I think, look, you know, is Stephen Quan going to come back and, and have the same kind of year he had last year? Who knows? Uh, that's the beauty of baseball. Uh, some guys have big years and, they're not able to, like Rick Manning has always said, just because a guy hits three whatever and plays and, you know, and leads the league in doubles, don't expect him to do that every single year. This is a hard game. The rest of the league watches a lot of film. They're going to make adjustments. It's going to be difficult. But at the same time, I think Stephen Kwan showed us something last year that even when pitchers tried to attack him and find his weakness, he was able to make adjustments in season <laughs> and continue his surge all year long. So, I mean, remember as a rookie, he went 116 pitches before his first swing and miss. Um, there were 47 players in the majors last year. Think about this. 47 players in the majors last year that had 500 at-bats. Only two of those 47 guys struck out 60 or fewer times. Luisa Rise of Minnesota, who struck out 43 times, and Stephen Kwan. So, you know, and now Arise has gone to the to the National League, and he's out of the division. So I think Quan. Don't worry about Quan. He's going to play great defense. Uh, I think he'll be good near that top of the order if he's in the leadoff spot. Wherever Tito settles on him, he's going to be just fine. I think Ahmed Rosario. You mentioned him. I, I think he again. He's a guy that he fits so well. Whether he's in between Jose and Quan or wherever he bats, uh, he gives you energy. Uh, he gives you that line drive approach. The thing I love about this lineup in that, that is interesting when you talk about can these guys replicate what they did a year ago, we don't have a lot of guys that stand up there and they're trying to swing for the fences. Those are the guys you worry about. If a guy hits 35 home runs, can he do that every year? Those are really special individuals. We have guys that have line drive approaches, so I think that's a little more it's something I think you can count on uh, because when you put together good at-bats, a good approach, uh, those usually lead to good results. And, of course, we haven't even gotten to the fact that there won't be shifts this year. And so I think that's going to help Jose Ramirez, who is primarily a dead pole hitter and a guy that can really expose the right side of the infield when he's batting left-handed. So I think there's a lot to be excited about and, and not to – worry about, well, will these guys fall back next year? I mean, it's very possible. When you have young players, that's very possible. But I don't think they have huge holes in, in a lot of those swings that would lead you to believe 
that that's a real possibility. Matt, last season, so much fun. The late game heroics. A lot of times you thought you're out of it. You might want to turn the game off, but lo and behold, they come back in the late innings. They win games, and they really sent teams like Chicago and Minnesota packing. The expectations weren't humongous that they were going to win the division. At what point in time did you realize, or did you think they realized, that they could win their division and actually do it and go from low expectations last year to a lot of us think they're the favorites to win the division this year? Well, there were three, for me, there were three distinct telling moments during the season. Number one, we start the year in Kansas City. After two games, we're 0-2, and and they've scored a grand total of one run. And you're thinking, oh, boy, this, this might be a long year. And then the next four games, they win four straight, and they scored 44 runs. And so right out of the gate, you're thinking, well, there's definitely talent there. There's going to be good, but then there's going to be those moments where there are growing pains, and maybe they take a step back. And I think we saw that throughout a portion of the season. The other telling moment was in Chicago, down six in the ninth. It's a foregone conclusion. This game's in the bag for the White Sox, and Josh Naylor hits a grand slam to tie it, hits a three-run homer in extra innings to win it. That sent a jolt through that club, and it, it sent a clear message to the White Sox that these guys are for real over here. And I think they, they used that as sort of a, a bedrock to know that anything is possible as long as we keep grinding away and don't just throw a game out like, ah, oh, we can't win this one. They, as you said, they, they took that mentality into the ninth inning, regardless of the score, every game, and they made, it, they made other teams you know, sit on the edge of their seat till they got that final out. The other moment was, for me, Houston. Remember, Houston came into mm-hmm. Cleveland just smacked him in the first two games of a four-game series. And he kind of sat back and thought, well, okay, now we've met our match. Now the big boys are here, and they're showing the Guardians they're not quite ready for prime time. And what happens? The next two games, they bow their neck, they come back out, and they win the next two. And so they split the series, but it felt like a series win because where, where they had come from to where they left that series. And so I think that was a springboard for the rest of the year. They proved to themselves they can play with the best in the, in, the, in the league. They can win against the best in the league. And they just continued to grow. That confidence continued to grow. You get a guy like Oscar Gonzalez who comes up, and all of a sudden he's getting clutch hit after clutch hit. And he did it all through the playoffs. So I think there's a lot to be excited about with this club. All right, let's turn our attention to the pitching staff, Matt. As I mentioned, the ace is Bieber. It looks like Sticks, uh, McKenzie, is the number two guy. Quantrill's three. My concerns are with four and five. With Savali, what are we going to get? And has, you know, when you look at the, this staff, Plesek seems like he's got everything you, you need to have as a starting pitcher except maturity. Uh, what about four and five in this rotation? Are those the two guys for sure, or is that still up for grabs right now? I think as we sit here today, as we go to spring trainer, training, those are the five guys. Um, okay. I think it's a big year for Zach Plesak. I think he, to your point, he he's shown that the ability is there. Uh, I think it's an, a big year for him to put it all together, to stay healthy, uh, to not have any self-inflicted injuries, to just go out there and, and pitch every five days. You know, I think it was last year he was the guy that seemed like every time he did go out there, they didn't score. And so you're, you're going to have years like that. And, you know, you might just be that guy where, you know, you, you draw the short straw. Um, I think he's a, an important guy for him. And I think Savali is too. Look, these two guys both have the talent. It's a matter of consistently putting it in, start after start, trying to stay healthy. 
you know, you know, during the course of a season, it's, it's almost impossible that all five guys are going to make every start. You're, they're going to be bumps in the road. And that's why last year it was nice to see the young guys like Cody Morris step in. Connor Pilkington, left-hander, gave him some, some good starts. Um, and look, this is an organization that has built its reputation on developing young starting pitching. And there's still more in the pipeline. You've got Daniel Espino, who can, he can throw 100. He's had some injury issues, but if he can, he can put together a healthy season, he could be a guy at some point. Gavin Williams, uh, there are a lot of great reports on him. Logan Allen, uh, left-hander, not the, not the previous Logan Allen that pitched in the big leagues. This is a different Logan Allen who's only been in the minors so far. Uh, they're excited about him. Tanner Bibby. Those guys are all, the ones I just mentioned, they're all ranked among the top 100 prospects in Major League Baseball. So there's still more in the pipeline. Uh, and I think so you have your five, you're going to spring training, you're hoping those are going to be your five. But if they don't get the job done, there, there are guys that are going to be pressing to come up and, and step in, which is, which is great. That's great for this organization. It's really amazing, too, because when you think about this team, you go back two years ago, and the entire starting lineup, pitching-wise, the rotation was all injured. And then they were able to respond last year the way they did. Matt, I was telling mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kenny, what was it, like 18 or more rookies made their debut last year, but yet this team's still loaded in the farm system. Other than pitchers, who are we looking for maybe to make their presence known this year? Well, I mean, that, that's that's one of those things that you, you just don't know. You don't know how the season's going to play. You don't know what injuries you're going to have to deal with, what storms you're going to have to weather. Um, you know, I'll get a better feel for that, mm-hmm. JT, once we get to spring training and, and kind of see. But I, you, off the top of my head, look, there are three guys that stand out for me. One is uh, Brian Rocchio. We've heard a lot about him. He's an infielder. Um, now, look, this is an infield right now that's already kind of stacked and mm-hmm. stacked up because you've got the, the guys we know are going to be there. You've got Jose, you've got Ahmed, you've got Andre Jimenez, who we haven't even talked about, who won a gold glove and was phenomenal last year at second base. But then you've also got Gabriel Arias. You know, where, yep. where does he fit into the mix? Mm-hmm. And is he going to get some time first base maybe? Because, you know, he's a guy that we saw already in, in, in short stints last year that, he can handle a bat. I mean, he's a guy to be excited about as well. You, you know, and then uh, you've got uh, in the outfield down below George Valera. You know, here's another guy that's one of the top prospects. Um, again, is there is there an opportunity there? It, it looks like things are stacked up in the outfield now with Miles Straw, with Oscar, uh, with Stephen Kwan, and then you got a guy like Will Brennan. Um, Josh Naylor might get some time in the outfield if he's not at first base. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And then I think the other guy is somebody that may be a little farther away, but he seems to be soaring through the organization rapidly. And that's a guy by the name of John Kenzie Noel. Uh, he's a big body. He's a guy that has power. He's a big personality. I got to spend some time with him last year in spring training. And, and I think he's a guy that, uh, if he stays on track, uh, people are going to really be excited about John Kenzie Noel when he gets here. Now by trade, he's an infielder. I think he was a third baseman, but that could change. You know, a lot of guys in the minor leagues play one position, but based on need, they might get moved around. So we'll have to see. Again, when we get to spring training, we'll kind of get a better feel for where these guys are all at. Matt, we're up against it. We haven't even talked about uh, the Hall of Fame voting and everything. So can we bother you another day, maybe next week or something, to talk about uh, only one guy getting voted in and uh, Manny and Omar look like uh, uh, they're going to run out of time? Can we do that maybe one day next week? 
You betcha. No problem. Yeah, great stuff as always, Matt. I was writing down all those names, so I'm going to keep an eye on those pitchers uh, and those prospects at the position players and everything like that. Uh, And we can't wait to get started. Watch you and uh, the fellas call the action uh, on Bally Sports Cleveland. And we appreciate the time. We'll talk again soon, all right? Do you have time for a quick story? I I talked to Jimmy Trey, Jim Trestle last night, another one of our Yes, go ahead. So he's retiring as school president at Youngstown State University at the end of the month. And I said to him, Tress, come on, you're too young to retire. He looked at me and said, you're at the turn eating a hot dog. I'm walking off the 18th green. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well put, man. Well put at the Cleveland Sports Awards last night. I saw he was there. So, uh, yeah, great always to catch up with a fraternity brother of ours like that. And he's right, man. Hey, by 70, I hope I'm done. I don't know about you. (laughs) <laughs> you know, he was there for, for Ted Ginn, who got the Lifetime Achievement Award, another nice. man who's done so many great things at Glenville High School and the pipeline to Ohio State all those years when Jim Trussell was, uh, was a head coach of the Buckeyes. So it was a great night. We can catch up more on that next week. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's do it. And Jose Ramirez won uh, the Professional Athlete of the Year Award last yes, night did, uh, at did, that did. Uh, banquet. So we'll talk to Matt about that and the Hall of Fame next week. Matt Underwood checking in with us. We always appreciate his time. Again, you can follow him on a daily basis at MattU12Cleveland. And uh, we'll get him on next week and talk more Guardians Hall of Fame and baseball stuff. All right, break time.